You're listening to Almost Famous, a music industry podcast championing independence powered by The Famous Company. Whether you're an artist or music industry professional, ensure you don't miss a beat by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. And I am very excited about today's guest. I've got none other than Mark Fabish. Mark, how are you doing today? I'm really well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Thanks for inviting me. No, I'm glad you're looking very well, which is is great. I love it. (laughs) We've got February sun, I want to call it. I don't even know what it is. And we've got a supposed route out of lockdown. So I'm smiling. Everything's looking good. Everything's looking good. We're we're heading in the right direction. I'm loving it. Um, let's, Let's talk then about, of course, how you got your start in the industry um where, where do we start with this one god well i mean it, it was a lot of hard work um determination and a lot of rejection as well that's probably the best way to put it but i mean i mean shall i start from the beginning i guess you know i yeah. studied i studied um business and marketing at university um i pretty much had an idea that i wanted to be in music and and you know that was kind of my the path i wanted to go on um, finishing uni, moved to London, applied for as many jobs as possible in music, um, got loads of rejections, um, managed to get myself a job at Viacom, um, so that's MTV, uh, Comedy Central, Nickelodeon, that, that group, um, which was great. Um, I was a marketing executive there, um, was there for about four years. I mean, whilst I was there, as much as I loved the, the job, and I did really love it, um, you know, I still had my eyes eyes on the goal which which you know for me was working in music so I kind of continued to aim at that applying for job and job and actually I went to I met a guy um a HR guy from Universal Music I think his name was Tim but he basically he gave me probably the best piece of advice um which which made everything change really um he said to me the best way to do it a lot of the feedback I was getting was that I was pigeonholed into um the TV business now, which I just thought was crazy because it's like, I've only been working in it for like four years um, and I'm still quite junior. So it's weird that I'm already pigeonholed into it. But um, he said to me, the best way to do it would be to get some international experience in TV um, and then move across to music that way. So that's, that's what I did. I kind of made it my mission to find an international role within TV. Um, that came about um, at E! Entertainment, which then became NBC Universal. So I worked there for a couple of years, I think it was. Um, again, continued to apply for jobs within the music business um, until eventually I got called back for an interview and a second interview um, and then finally a third interview. Um, and yeah, I got a job at Sony Music um, to, as a product manager. And I, yeah, I mean, I was in that role for four it was coming up to five years I think and it didn't really feel like it was going anywhere um and I actually got made redundant um which is a really tough thing to deal with um especially you know I'd only just you know I felt like I was still new in in the, in the industry um so yeah being made redundant isn't the, the easiest you kind of feel like you've lost your identity a little bit um you don't know what's going on um and I kind of you know it was a down point in for me, I, 
And I really had to focus on that next role. Um, and I did, I, you know, I spent every day, my, my new job was to look for, for jobs. And I got asked by uh, someone at BMG, gave me a call, um, told me to come in. They were looking for someone to consult um, for, I think it was like six weeks or something in their marketing department. Um, so yeah, I went in, um, I got that consultancy role, did that for six weeks, had to leave back in the same situation, looking for jobs again. And then I get called um, back by BMG because um, they had an international role that they needed to fill, um, a marketing role. So yeah, I, I went into that as a marketing manager um, and yeah, I've kind of built up, you know, I think I've been there three to four years. Um, I've kind of, I'm now at marketing director uh, level, which, you know, so actually, I mean, in theory, being made redundant was probably the best thing to actually happen to me. Um, you know, and I'm actually glad it did happen. It was tough at the time. But yeah, for me, it's definitely, you know, I'm very happy where I am now. Um, you know, and I feel like I've progressed nicely in my career. So yeah, for me, redundancy was good. But yeah, it's definitely a tough thing to, to deal with at the time, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, and this goes uh, with any industry, not just music. I think when you get knocked down, you try and come back three or four times stronger. Um, and we have a lot of uh, independent and um, up and coming, uh, not only musicians, but industry professionals listening to the show. And I think that's one thing that they definitely need to take into account, especially at a time like this. Like it's, it's, it's difficult enough being in lockdown, but a lot of people have yeah. been made redundant. A lot of people have been let go from jobs. Um, everything happens for a reason, I believe. Yeah. And, um, and if you don't believe that, just just try and keep that a little bit of positivity and just keep on going. Because you, you said then there was about two or three moments either that could have been, well, you said you were continually applying for jobs, I guess then. Yeah like rejections came with that yeah and yeah, then you yeah. were being let go and look look at you now do you know what I mean yeah no, no I mean as I said you know I, I definitely do think I think you know anyone that has is going through redundancy or, or has you know would know this but it's you you do just have to keep growing and I think you know it's it is easy to to be down about it but I think you know the best way of getting through it is to to just keep at it and I mean you know calling on every single contact that you have in the business um applying for every job that comes up um just any moment you've got just you know put yourself out there um, yeah. but yeah i mean it was tough you kind of you feel like you lose who you are you know mm -hmm. i kind of felt like i was known as mark from sony music so <laughs> which isn't necessarily nice but um you kind of do feel like you are your job um yeah. sometimes so um it's hard to, when you lose that yeah, definitely. Let's let's talk about the role then. So international marketing director. Yeah. Um, you have a big responsibility in uh, releases, I, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> what's what would you say is the most crucial part of like um, a successful artist project? What would you go in and think in this is step one and this is this has to happen? God, I mean, where do we start? There's a lot that goes into it, obviously. Um, I think the most important part is obviously the artists and their music. I mean, at the end of the day, it is their story and they're the people that need to tell it. As marketeers, we're here to help, I guess, amplify that story um, and kind of get them to engage with the existing fans, but also 
like reaching new audiences in that sense. Um, you know, I think with BMG, we really do put the artists at the center of it all. Um, and I think the relationship we have with our artists and, and their managers as well is definitely key to that success. I mean, it's interesting because you, you say um, uh, artist project, but actually I don't really work in that way anymore. Um, you know, releasing an album is probably, it's just one moment. Um, my marketing is very much just like an always on approach, we, we call it, because um, it is, it's important to continuously create moments. Um, you know, you want to constantly be engaging with fans. And I think in a streaming world as well, this is even more important. Um, you know, week one sales don't matter. I mean, I shouldn't say they don't matter. I think everyone wants to get a number one album, right? Um, but yeah. I think it's more like you don't want your fans to only listen to the artists around the release of the album. You kind of want them to go back again and again. So, yeah, I mean, part of our job is basically constantly reminding them to do that. Um, I mean, Fatboy Slim is a great example of that. I, we work quite closely with him and his management team. Um, and we're always creating amazing moments and they're the most fun moments as well <laughs> i mean we yeah. parted on his roof in brighton um and live streamed that to the world we teamed up with deliveroo um and gave, gave people the chance to win a delivery to their house um you know even the stuff he's been doing during lockdown it's it's very much like constantly engaging with his audience um, yeah and that's really how you do it i think the hard part though is obviously cutting through the noise you know so there's so many people talking and there's so many different platforms they're talking on. You know, I think you really need to kind of fight for that attention. Um, mm. But yeah, so I guess one factor, sorry, I'm rambling on, but um, I oh, guess I one love factor it. is kind of creating content, which is engaging um, and trying to get through that noise. But then it's also, you know, where's the audience? Um, I work with a lot of established artists. So they already have a fan base. Um, yeah. So we need to make sure that we are already, we're talking to those people. But the bigger challenge for us is actually to reach new uh, groups of, you know, fans. Um, and there's there's different ways of doing that. I think for me internationally, because, um, yeah, my role is very internationally focused. You know, one of the steps that I take when, when I get given a, a, a project, if we're looking at a project, is which markets should we put a focus on? You know, and artists are already established in a lot of markets and that, that's their key markets. And I think it's important that we do put a focus on them. But it's also important to look at the opportunity of growth in other markets. You know, it's hard to get bigger in a market where you're already at the top of your game. Um, but if you focus yeah. a little bit on the smaller, um, these kind of smaller markets or the ones that are kind of bubbling under, that's what I usually say, um, give them a little bit extra attention they soon could become your key markets and, and a whole new audience and it just seems like a bit of an easy win to me and yeah. well in a couple of weeks time um we're releasing an album by a band called thunder now that these guys have been around for over 20 years now um they've got 12 studio albums we're about to release their 13th and they've they're you know they, their success is mostly in the uk They've done. They've had a little bit of success in places like Germany, Japan, um, but yeah, UK is like their main focus. I think mm -hmm. for me, my focus is on changing that story. I don't, you know, even though they're twenty years into their career, my job is to to change that now. And I don't want to just have them focusing on UK. I want to grow their fan bases in 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 all territories. Um, you know, and that's what I've been the past, you know, month or so I've been working really hard to do that. And 
you know, we do that in traditional ways. We get them to speak to as much press as possible in as many markets, but also, you know, using digital uh, marketing to reach a wider audience. I think that's, you know, key. I think, I think again, you know, when it comes to marketing, there's there's so much. I think it's it's, it's important to get that right mix of traditional and digital. And yeah. I think a lot of people make the mistake of kind of doing a carbon copy of marketing campaigns. Um, and yeah, it's just not good. Like it's not one size fits all. I think you really need to be tailoring your marketing and your promo for each territory based on the strengths of that. Um, and yeah, I mean, when we talk about audience, I guess another thing that I'm constantly being asked about is how do we reach a younger audience? And I think, you know, especially when we're working with established artists, that can be really hard. Um, you know, is that the, always the go-to as well? Say, because they are an established or um, I hear the term uh, legacy act getting kind of thrown around and you kind of think that, okay, if this is an artist from the 90s or the 80s, uh, predominantly here's your target market here. Do yeah. you guys instantly think, okay, we need to try and hit the TikTok audience or the, do you like, is, is that always the conversation here? Um, okay, there's not a single, I mean, obviously TikTok's come up. <laughs> um, yeah. There's never a single meeting that we have, doesn't matter which the art, who the artist is, where TikTok isn't mentioned. Um, it's pretty right. much a buzzword, I guess. Yeah. I think, you know, there are certain artists that are doing it well. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the stuff that Rick Astley's been doing, um, but he's one of our artists, you know, and he really, he's, he's absolutely amazing at using these kind of, new platforms to reach a younger audience i don't know if you noticed last year he um the game fortnite for example he um they released a never going to give you up emote i mean i don't even use fortnite so i don't even know what that means really but i think it was yeah. basically <laughs> like you're dancing um mm -hmm. to never going to give you up um you know and that's a massive audience there that probably yeah. would, don't even know who rick Hussey is you know i'm not you know not being or think he's a new but, artist yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, you know, he also launched on TikTok last year. Um, and the success he's had on there, I mean, it was their Back to Music campaign that they did. Um, and he posted, one of his posts got something like 14 million views in three days, which again, like, I mean, 14 million people viewing it, it's, it's insane. Especially um, when you kind of yeah, look at the demographic of the platform and thinking, out oh, of that 14 million, we might have actually got say maybe 50 or 60 percent new eyes on an artist yeah exactly who who then went to stream it on spotify you know thinking what what is this you know yeah probably yeah. a lot of people no, um, definitely. and i'm sure we have the stats somewhere but i don't have them but yeah i mean sorry i, I completely went off on one there didn't i but basically what i'm saying is that you need to kind of have an always on approach with artists i think um i think you need to be constantly engaging using creative content and yeah, trying to find new audiences wherever, wherever they are, whether it's TikTok or Fortnite or, you know, whatever. <laughs> you just got to go out and find them. Yeah, you need to give me this right now, actually, Mark. And um, basically, I try to drill in. I get a lot of questions about um, social media and how do I build my audience and do I need to throw this amount of money to it and this amount of that. And I instantly go, have you got TikTok? And yeah. they say no. And they're like, oh, I, I, they, they kind of like, no, I, I thought about it, but it's just not for me. Can you, yeah. as the international marketing director of BMG, 
please stress to people if you want to do something in this day and age right now if you want to make an impact you need to be on that platform yeah i mean everyone's on tiktok now and we're launching as many artists on tiktok as we possibly can and i mean you saw what happened with Fleetwood mac and i mean there's just so, so exactly. many uh, you know there's so many great success stories i'm not it's not easy though i think you know and I think a lot of the time trying to make it work, and we spend a lot of time trying things, you know, it, it needs to be, I think it, I do think it needs to be natural. I don't think we, I think we need to step away from kind of forcing stuff to happen. I think sometimes mm. these things do need to be a natural progress. And I think that's what sometimes where we get it wrong as labels, because I think we, we find these new platforms and we just go with it. And we, we're like, okay, we need to, we need to get on here. It might not even make sense, but we need to be on here. Um, but yeah, I mean, TikTok is the part you need to be on TikTok now. I think, I think even if you're, you know, I mean, a lot of kind of established artists are launching now. I mean, Sony did, I know they launched quite a few at the end of last year. Um, yeah, definitely be on, get on TikTok. <laughs> who, who has the final say? We'll, we'll jump to something else in a second. This is the final thing we'll say about kind of TikTok and social media, but who, yeah. who has the final say of what goes out there? Um, cause, cause you said, look, we need to do this naturally. I'm assuming you wouldn't have an artist like um, like uh, Kylie. You wouldn't get her to do something she's uncomfortable with anyway. But are you guys kind of just laying out plans? You could do this. You could jump on on this trend. This challenge might work. Um, yeah. Is she going for it, or is she kind of getting the final say on it? Yeah, I mean, Kylie did some 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 TikTok stuff uh, last year for for for, for the disco. Um, I think. You know, as I said before, I think the way we are at BMG is very much like it's all about the artists and they're really at the center of it all. Um, so the relationship we have with artists is very open, you know, and it's more of a discussion. We would, I mean, we never, we would never want to put, we would never want to do something with an artist that they're not comfortable doing. So I think, you know, it's important that it feels right for them. Um, yeah. And that you don't want to force stuff to happen. It's, it's, I mean, people can kind of see through all of that as well. Um, so yeah, definitely. I, I wouldn't, but yeah, I think the way we are, the way we work with artists is so open that it's more of a conversation that we have. Um, and if they're up for it, then then let's go for it. No, that's great. Um, moving on then to a um, an organization which I've learned a lot about over the past year. And having, of course, preparing for, for this interview today, uh, I looked into it a little bit more, but Pride in Music, um, yeah. which I actually didn't know that you had a hand in. Um, yeah, it's my, my second job, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So so for, for people listening who, who may not be kind of aware of what it is or what you guys do, so how did it start and how did you get involved? Um, well, it started now, God, it was um, 2018, um, is when I got contacted by a guy called David who works in the industry and he went he, he basically wanted to launch this network and and he'd already partnered up with Jamie and Guy who also worked in different areas of the business um, and they wanted additional support for kind of steering this network basically um, so I met up with the team and pretty much immediately I knew I wanted to be part of it um, you know I was in a place in a career where I felt comfortable with what where I was and what I was doing. And I felt like I wanted to give something back. Um, I kind of understand the struggles that some people have um, with being themselves in the workplace. So I kind of wanted to help change that, I guess. Um, mm. And yeah, so then in 2019, we launched Pride in Music. Um, and there's, there's, 
I think there's like, God, I'm trying to think now. I think there's seven of us on the board. So um, from across the industry. Um, and yeah, I mean, our aim basically is to provide a cross-industry network um, for the LGBTQ community, artists, and, and allies as well. I think that's very important to say. Um, yeah. Allies are a very, very important part of it. Um, but we also kind of want to provide resources, you know, education and support for, for the business as well. Yeah. So, of course, this thing is uh, is new. However, we've got, like you said, seven people who, um, when, when you've got that kind of solidarity and kind of network in an industry, you can you can make a change. And I think that's absolutely brilliant. What do you yeah. guys do then for the the LGBTQ plus community? What's something that you can give us an example of of, of what you guys yeah. help with? I mean, you know, we try and do as much as we can. We obviously all have day jobs as well. So it's, it's you know, it has to fit around there. But, um, you know, we started, it was basically a monthly networking event that we had for our members. So people would attend. And it was just a great opportunity for, for people to network um, with other people from different areas of the industry. Um, you know, then we kind of, those members joined us for Brighton and London Pride. And we marched as... We, we marched as the LGBTQ plus face of the British music. So uh, that's what we did. Um, but we've, you know, we've branched off into loads of areas. We've branched into artist support. So we've been working with developing artists. We're working with, um, we teamed up with East Creative. So they're the guys behind Stink the Pink, uh, Mighty Hoopla. And we arranged for Ryan Ashley to open the main stage at Mighty Hoopla. Uh, we got Leo to do the Student Pride. We got Swimming Girls to go on Trafalgar Square stage for Pride in London. So there's quite a lot of support for artists. Um, but as I said, you know, education is also a really important part of it. Um, and yeah, I mean, we, we set up a lot of panel discussions, whether that's within labels. So I've done one at BMG a couple of times now, um, but also with professional industry bodies. We did one this week with, with MU. Um, God, what else are we up to? Um, th I think this year for us, though, I think it's more about continuing to, to work with developing talent but not just artists i think it's important that we, we focus on artists and and try and help them where we can but you know also kind of talent acquisition so we're kind of partnering with different organizations and underprivileged youth charities um just to try and give them an entry route into the industry so that like the next generation um you know, who wants to seek a career in this crazy industry has that chance to do so and you know if, if, if that's something we can do this year, you know, I'd be really proud of, of what we've achieved. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, we, we try and get involved with as much stuff as possible. And, and we get, re you know, people reach out to us for, for various different things. And yeah, I mean, we want to do as much as we can. And, uh, you know, we're, we're basically always here. If anyone does want to reach out, um, but yeah, become a member. We've got lots of members now. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll put it in the outro of this episode. Yes, I'll be able to do. give the information. And if you can email that through to me, that'd be brilliant. Um, yeah. Actually, you were saying about educating. And I just I just thought then, I start every single one of these podcasts with, ladies and gentlemen, I we're back kind of thing. Now, is there a better way of me? There's, there's obviously a better way of me doing that now because I don't want to kind of step on... Uh, any toes of course I'm coming from just a, a, a place of uh, as a presenter I just yeah. grew up I grew up from I like in the in the 90s and early 2000 and that's what anybody said and so yeah. to me that's ingrained 
but I don't mean it in that kind of way. When I say ladies and gentlemen, I don't even think gender. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. For, for me, saying something like that, then I, I, I don't need to, sorry, I don't think the term offend would come into play, but am I offending so, someone in that? I mean, you know, it's really difficult. And even myself, and, and I, you know, it's something that I have to struggle with, but I use the term guys quite a lot. Um, you know, oh, and, yeah, I, yes. I, I say, and I say it, you know, you know, even to my female colleagues as well. Um, yeah. And it's really hard to get out of the habit of it. Unfortunately, it is a habit and it's not a good habit to have. We, sh- we should try and change that. Um, yeah. But it is. It, and I think a lot of people take it for what it is, though. I don't think too many people are offended by by that. Um, but I mean, it would be a better world if we could stop ourselves from doing it. Um but yeah, it's, it's, you know, it will take time. And I, I think that's a important part of what we do. And a lot of people kind of appreciate what we do because they, they're learning from it. Like, especially at BMG, I mean, I've been doing quite a lot of work um, for diversity and inclusion within the label. Um, you know, and there's a lot of stuff that we're doing, such as educating, like we did something with trans awareness, um, where it was like a small kind of live stream video thing. Um, we also send out like info packs, which have things like tv shows you could watch or films you could be watching uh, books to read so it makes it a little bit more light than the, just kind of the heavy talking about why we have pride and, and things like that but mm. you know i think one of it i think if everyone can just try and learn you know i think yeah. that's important like try and take these things on because the yeah. smallest things i mean even when it comes to you know putting your pronoun in your email signature i always say it's like the smallest thing but it's appreciated by by a lot of people um you know so i think we, we we're all here to kind of do what we can and i think you know don't put too much pressure on yourself to you feel like you're not doing it right but try yeah. and make it make a difference yeah no i think i think moving forward i could i could just start with everyone we're back do you know what i yeah. mean like it's <laughs> yeah. just that little change but exactly. it's, it's funny you use the word educate and uh, education and i kind of went oh is there anything i potentially need and then <laughs> going down that route but this is it i i'd rather have a conversation with someone and then tell me this is what you can do because then it it is very much helpful then i really don't like this whole cancel culture that we've we've become online and i would rather someone should be like heads up you could be doing this and here's why and and yeah at the end of the day if me just changing one sentence make somebody else feel better well of course i'm gonna do that it doesn't really yeah, yeah. make because yeah. it doesn't completely ruin my day um <laughs> so yeah we'll we'll put the information at the at the end um yeah. of how people can get involved um I, i've only really got two questions left for you mark number one okay um what is next for you in this year 2021 we've had a bit of a bumpy start what do you what do you want to see the year out with um of course, me, we talk about the pride in music. Of course, being you guys want to go push that a little bit more. So we've covered yeah. that bit. But go ahead. I just want to. I mean, I just want to go to a live gig. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's. I think that's <laughs> next for me. I miss live music so much. Um, obviously, you know, COVID has got in the way of of that. Um, but if, yeah, I mean, next. As I said, I'm I'm kind of comfortable in where I am, and I think the. You know, I, I think as well, I want to give back more and more if I can. I think even like to my team, I guess, you know, kind of mm-hmm. 
passing on knowledge and getting them to where they want to be in their career i think for me it's that's that's the next thing um but yeah i think this year is going to be it's looking brighter that's for sure yeah definitely and then the, the last question for you um what advice would you give to your younger self um wow well that's a hard one i think maybe um i think careless <laughs> like yeah. i think sometimes like sometimes i put too much pressure on myself um i think if i stopped caring as much i mean i know that can sound a little bit because you want to care about things but yeah i do think i wish that yeah sometimes i would i cared, cared less but um but yeah apart from that i think you know i as I said earlier, you have to have determination to be in this industry. So mm-hmm. if you know you need to care a little bit to get to get somewhere, unfortunately. But um, but yeah, maybe maybe a little less. Is that more like a care less about um your, your not yourself, of course, but maybe like those thoughts that a lot of people get, that kind of doubting thing? Because of course Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, I think you kind of you can put it's easy to put yourself down. I think um Especially at you know nowadays, it's, uh, a lot of people put you down as well, you know, on, online and stuff like that. And I think it's definitely important to ignore that um, and just yeah, be yourself. I think uh, you know that, that's part of why I became part of Pride of Music because you know I understand you know there was a moment in my career where I wasn't myself, um, and I wish that I was back then because I feel like it would have been a completely different outlook for me. Not, you know, I'm very happy with the way things turned out. But um, yeah, I just think I should have, yeah, not cared so much about what other people would have thought um, and kind of just, just did what I did. A massive thank you to Mark. And if you want to know more about Pride in Music, then head over to prideinmusic.org. There you can join their mailing list, but also you can become a member and help them to continue their incredible work for the LGBTQ plus community and allies working within British music. And for more interviews, AMAs, tips and tricks and exclusive content, go ahead and follow us on Instagram and TikTok at The Famous Co. That's at The Famous Co. My name is Zaid. Go ahead and tap that subscribe or follow button and we'll see you all next time. You've been listening to Almost Famous, a music industry podcast powered by The Famous Company. If you're an independent artist or music industry professional, for more information, head to www.thefamouscompany.com.